What's going on, y'all? It's your boy Charlie, the voice. And on this week's episode, we have the absolute pleasure of being able to feature Jakira. Jakira recently created uh, Printed Not Press, which is uh, her bookstagram, and she is gaining tons of traction, man. She's at 500 followers right now. So you guys really, really, when you're done listening to the episode, shoot over to Instagram. Go ahead and follow her. Check out her book recommendations. Check out her. Check out all of the um, reviews that she's put up. She's coming out with a podcast with that soon. So yeah, man, just support, support, support. Um, on this episode, we had the pleasure of sitting down with her to talk to her about family, friendships, relationships, boundaries, forgiveness, a whole bunch of stuff. And I really think that we had a an amazing conversation. I think that we broke through a lot of barriers of understanding how to even navigate that space, how to navigate, you know, forgiving a family member, forgiving a friend, forgiving your significant other, what it takes to even, you know, expectations in a relationship, a, a whole bunch of stuff. So really looking forward to you guys just sitting down and enjoying this episode. Um, it's going to be a two-part episode, so episode or part one is coming out now. Part two will be coming out in about two weeks, but yeah, I just had a, a lot of fun sitting down talking with Jakira, and um, I hope you guys enjoy the insight that we gave about these topics, and hopefully you too will understand, you know, maybe there's someone you've been waiting to forgive because you just haven't understood how to do it, and I hope that this uh, I hope that this episode will give you those answers. So anyway, man, sit back, relax, enjoy the episode, and um, I'll holla at you guys later. Peace. Everybody, um, my name is Jakira. I'm doing well. Sorry not to answer your question, but um, I'm doing well. My name is Jakira. I am the sole, like, originator, creator of Printed Not Press, a bookstagram. Um, I have a podcast, Printed Not Press, and you can follow me at printed underscore not press on IG. Um, But yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, make sure you guys go and follow and check her content out because it's super awesome. So, man, this has been it. Well, I mean, I guess it was last year, right? Because we're now in the, almost in the third month of this year. I think it's continuous. Right, I can say continuous, right? But it's been it's been a tumultuous year. Like, I mean, I've had to dismantle some long term friendships. Uh, unfortunately, have had some changing of the guard and like the way that I revere certain family members and even our relationship has like grown and changed into something different, right? Mm -hmm. Like living together during the pandemic and starting to, you know, really integrate. I mean, granted, we had lived together to a certain extent beforehand, but Mm -hmm. never like this, you know, never, never like this. So, um, yeah, I think, I think that going through that, I've learned a lot about like forgiveness and specific, but uh, mostly with family, you know, what do you, what do you, what's your take on family and forgiveness? You know, how, how's that gone for you in the past? 
Um, I think forgiveness, like everyone always says, forgiveness is for yourself, right? And like it really is. Like forgiveness, um, though, I think is packaged as this one-stop shop, right? Like if you mm. forgive someone, those feelings, that hurt, that pain will leave, that trauma will leave. And what people don't understand is to forgive is to not have to make yourself relive a situation, right? Deal with the emotions as it, it at least for me, this is how I interpret it. Mm. Um, because it's going to come back up, right? Right. And, you know, forgive yourself for being affected by these things. So when it comes with your family, like, you really don't get to choose your family. You don't get to choose the kind of DNA embedded trauma that comes from them. So forgiving them is an active, lifelong process, right? Forgiveness and acceptance and accountability is an active, uh, lifelong process that is going to come up where you're going to have to forgive them, forgive yourself, forgive them, or forgive situations over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Um, And it doesn't just stop one time. Right, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, the way I see it is like, you know, familial relationships are difficult no matter how you slice it, right? Like, if you're looking at it as the child and, you know, you're looking at your parents, you know, it's hard to establish certain things with your parents because, you know, you have that kind of afterthought of, man, they raised me or, man, they, they were the reason why I was, I've been able to eat and survive up to this long and put a roof over my head, probably made tons of sacrifices. But, you know, like you said, like, you don't really get to choose your family and you also don't get, even get to choose, like, being here, right? Yeah. You, it just happens. You just, you just appear and... Fucking materialize. <laughs> right? You just fucking materialize, right? <laughs> Right. And, and event, but eventually you, you realize that like, there's so many kind of untoned, unturned stones that some of your family members have had in their life. And it kind of trickles down to the way that they raise you and the things that they allow you to experience or the ways that they push you as you become older and stuff. And I realized this year, like, yo, there's just a lot of thing. There's, I haven't had time in my life to really just give myself direction, you know? I've always been like listening to this one and what they're saying. Oh, go for the money. Go for this. Go for that. And I feel like this year I finally broke and was like, nah, like I'm doing my thing. If you can't accept it, if you can't be a part of of my life in that manner, then we're going to have to kind of shift and shift and change the table up a little bit. So we got somebody joining. We got someone that want to talk about family on the podcast, obviously. He doesn't forgive me for putting him in his cage. He, He doesn't forgive anyone for anything. Um, he's here with us today. Shout out to Buddha. Say Shout out up. to Judah. Say what's up. Say what's up. Say, say what up. you gotta say on the mic, bro. Say something. Say something. <laughs> yeah, word. yeah, word, word, word. word. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, like I, I feel like this year I finally broke through on a lot of things. A lot of a lot of things that I established within myself, values, you know, things mm. that I can't, things that. Yeah, you know, you learn some values from your family, but you learn a lot of values just going through life. Your yeah. values change. Your, your personal code. Your personal code, your perspective on life changes. And like I said in the last episode, man, did my perspective on life Period. change this year. You she- know, a lot of things occurred where I was like, wow, like, and you know, asking new questions, asking questions that I've never thought about before and coming to answers, finding answers or coming to conclusions through experience that. It's like really, you know, shook the table for me. Um, but man, forgiveness. I, 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 how do I frame forgiveness? I feel like, right? So I think when you're on the road to forgiveness, forgiving someone is not for that person. 
right? Whoever, whatever transpired between you and another person, specifically a family member, um, I don't think that you forgiving them is for your family. I don't think that you forgiving them is for them to grow as a person. It's for you. It's for your personal growth, right? Yeah. Like being able to forgive somebody um, at some point, right? Because and it's not a short road. It's definitely a long road. But being able to forgive somebody kind of puts the ball in their court in a mm-hmm. sense. You know, it, it, uh, I, 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 I wouldn't. I think that's a good way to look at it. But personally, the way I look at it is um, forgiveness is like just seeking perspective, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are like, I forgive you, right? But in their mind, they have no kind of, they don't reconcile what, what that person was feeling, what that person was going through, what made this person do a thing. They're just like, well, if I forgive them, it wipes the slate clean. That slate is dirty underneath the surface, baby. You got to get some, <laughs> right, you, you got to dig deeper. Um, I think specifically with family, and if we're going to go even deeper with parents, um, where I talk about forgiveness, personally, because you know me, I've had a really long journey of having a good relationship. Every daughter has a problem with their mom, but mm-hmm. I've had a really long journey of like undoing and doing the relationship with my mom and trying to reach a space where we can have the relationship we always wanted together. Right. Right, right. Um, but the first step of that for me was to stop making people superheroes in my head. Mm-hmm. Like, like Get rid of that pedestal. Get rid of... Stop. And it's not even that I don't want to put people up there, right? You're mm-hmm. up there, but you're up there not because of the greatness, because of the humanity I see in you. Mm-hmm. Not because I think you should provide for me. Even you. Not because I think you should provide in me. Not because I think you should give everything to me. Not because of what you give me do I hold you at a, at a higher standard. I hold you at a higher standard, and I hold people at a higher standard now for their willingness to be transparent, real humans, mm-hmm. right? And I think that once I learned that my mother wasn't superwoman, <laughs> like like she wasn't superwoman, and she didn't come into my... She came into my life as my mother, but she came into her life as a woman, as who she is. And her story is so much more than me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm a portion, a fraction of her life. Right. Right? And... I wasn't there for all the groundbreaking pivotal years. I wasn't mm. there for all the trauma that she endured. I, I, I'm just a part of the sandwich. Right, exactly. So once I had that perspective, I think forgiveness is easier to do when you have perspective when you're because then you get into a part where it's grace. Right. Right. And I think forgiveness and grace are two different things. Like forgiveness is very static. But grace is an ongoing thing that you give people mm. to understand. Okay, maybe she had a bad day. I don't know why the hell this, this person at this McDonald's window is cussing me out. But, right. you know, maybe she maybe had a bad day. it wasn't me. It and, and, not it's not up, and it's not up to me to try to fix it. Right, exactly. Like, let me just move on. Mm. Let me wish, put some good energy in the air and just move on. And I think that's the same thing with family mm. is just offering them grace. Mm. Um but realizing that it's not up to you. Right. And that's why I'm saying, like, I think I think that it's a, right, ultimately forgiving someone, no matter how big or small the, the mishap, is a long road, right? Yeah. It's a long road for both part, for both parties involved, or for all parties involved, right? But I think beginning the process is much easier than people think, right? It starts with with you thinking about the situation, understanding it for what it is, giving giving your family member grace or your significant other or your friend grace and mm-hmm. understanding like maybe that person is this way because of the things they've been through, right? Maybe that person is having a hard time understanding and communicating effectively with me about whatever it is that we got into a tip about. 
because they just actually can't visualize it. They actually can't understand it yeah. because it's just not a factor. It was never a factor in their life or a possibility for them or, so, or something of that yeah. nature. But I also think that it's important to start the process of forgiveness and understand it because holding grudges is terrible. You yeah. know, for, for you, for your psyche, for your mental, spiritual, emotional, physical health, all the health all around, it's bad. You know what I mean? I feel like that negative, holding on to negativity, not saying like you just let it go in the wind and it's gone, but holding it in to a point where it's affecting you, it's it's harming you physically, mentally, emotionally, is where you have to start thinking to yourself like, I might need to start understanding what my next step is with dealing with this, you know, with getting through this. It's poison. I will say that it's definitely poison, but I, I definitely think that it's so much easier to hold a grudge. It's always so much easier to be negative, right? Mm. And I was thinking, you when you told me about this subject, um, I was thinking about, um, like, you know, the common things we learn, treat people how you want to be treated, treat people how you would treat yourself. And I, I, and I got stuck on that. I got stuck mm. on that thought because I'm like, you know what? People treat themselves like trash. Yeah. <laughs> People yeah. treat themselves like trash. People have a short stick with themselves. Mm. People don't give themselves grace. People don't give themselves space to grow. None of that. So why would I treat somebody else like that? Right. Right? Exactly. So I think that forgiveness really starts with forgiving yourself. Forgiving yourself from being hurt for something. Forgiving yourself from being a part of a, a cycle of hurt. A cycle. Mm. Forgiving yourself for not giving yourself strength, right? right? Um, and I think forgiving yourself for being mad at yourself. Right. Right? Like, I, I, people don't treat themselves good enough to be trying to use them the way they treat themselves as a model on how to interact with other people. Right, exactly. Right? Yeah, Like, exactly. we do not treat ourselves good enough as interpersonally. So how intrapersonally so how are we gonna handle that interpersonally right and i think that's where it really starts with forgiveness and friends and family i think it really it really is a tale mm -hmm. about what matters to you personally um and that's really a point i wanted to make is like you know, we got to rewrite the, the story, the things we're taught as kids. Like, you know, treat people how you... We're, if we're always giving, 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 and we telling each other to treat each other how we treat ourselves or want ourselves to be treated, I think it is a recipe for disaster mm. because we're taught to give from jump. We're taught to give people, all of us, from jump. Right, exactly. And what, yeah. we, what are we left with? Our cup is not full. I'm mm. pouring into you. I'm pouring into this. I'm pouring into this business. I'm pouring into work. I'm pouring. And when it's time to sit down with me, what do I got for myself? Nothing. Trauma. 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 Exhaustion. Anger. Ex exhaustion. So I think when you talk about forgiveness and family and relationships, it's a lot more than that, right? Mm -hmm. I'm leaving myself with the happiness and the joy. Mm -hmm. if, if, I'm, I want to leave myself with the happiness, the joy, the fun, all the good things that I was used to giving away. Right. And by doing that, I open up my heart to forgive. Mm -hmm. I'm opening up space in me. To say, okay, I can look at this. I have energy and time to pour into looking at this a different way. Mm. A lot of people don't do that. A yeah. lot of people take from themselves 
and are mad at people, mad at themselves and, but blame other people for why they don't have nothing left for themselves. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Listen, I mean, the, the, the craziest thing to, or not craziest, the wildest, right? Because crazy is a little slur. Um, I, I think the, the wildest part about forgiveness, right, is, and this is a quote that I got from Psychology Today. Shout out to that website. Um, forgiveness is for you and not for anyone else, mm-hmm. right? And which is nuts. At first I was like, yeah, well, no, you're forgiving somebody and that. But realistically, your your forgiveness is not for is not for anyone else. It's 100% for you. And forgiveness does not necessarily mean reconciliation with the person that hurt you. It's or confronting their action. It's what are you, what you're in for is to find peace. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it's to find peace with the situation, find peace with the relationship, find peace within yourself, right? Because you're all, all all of this is about trying to move forward, mm-hmm. right? Because if you stay stuck within it, you'll never be able to to, I guess, kind of go through life and see other situations that could come up in that manner and navigate your way through it mm-hmm. in a better manner, right? Because what 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 unfortunately happens is uh, an altercation between two people, especially two people who are family or love each other to any capacity, is is always an altercation of miscommunication and misunderstanding. I think. I I, I don't think that. I think, um, and especially because we black people, right? Well, it's a conversation yeah. about control. The way, yeah, we, absolutely. Like like I think a lot of times I'll hear I'm just like. Gonna, <laughs> like, we're black people. It's a conversation about control and what we've been taught, right? White people have taught us to abuse the people we love. I mean, taught us to abuse people that we have power over and dominion over. Hence, mm. why parents treat their kids less than. Mm. Um, they taught us not to have voices. Hence, why black women don't open their mouths and say what they need to say. Mm. Um, hence, the same reason why black people just, I think... We have to talk about the structures in play that keep us in these cycles of destructive behaviors to people we love, mm-hmm. right? So I think one of it is miscommunication, but a lot of it is that we haven't done enough eternal mapping to mm-hmm. understand how trauma is affecting us. As a black person, you have to do extra work. to un- As a person of color, but as a black person, you have to do extra work to understand how trauma affects you in your interpersonal relationships. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Period. Oh, yeah, Period. absolutely. Even with you, you know what I'm saying? I have to do extra work to make sure that what if you say you come to me, you're having a bad day, I have to do extra work to make sure that I'm not looking at it like he needs to be strong, right? right? Because that's white people shit. Right. Shame, shame. Fear, mm. hurt, discouragement is work of the colonizer. <laughs> I, I don't have time mm. to treat you like the masters did. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, if we're coming to a place of, of common understanding and things, I have to have space for every single feeling you have. Mm. And the same vice versa. Does not mean I have to eat and digest it, but when it's time for us to share with each other, I have to have space for those feelings. And I think that a lot of parents look at their kid as task. Mm. Like, that's a task. Oh, yeah, Right? Absolutely. This human is a task. This human is a job. Instead of a well-rounded, dynamic situation that mm. I'm involved in, that I'm nurturing over. Right. Um, and, and specifically with friend, friends, right? Friendships are relationships that you choose, so it hurt harder when they hurt you. And oh yeah, oh, man. Oh yeah. I think it, it hurts when your family hurts you, right? Because there's an unbounding connection that. But it's will kind never of expected broken. to a certain extent. Not yeah. not certain certain things. If mm. it goes too far, it's like okay, I didn't expect 
that to happen in that mm. manner. But there's, you know, you expect to be judged by your mom and dad to a certain extent about where you're at in life, what you're doing. You know, black people have a certain amount of expectations for their children, which mm-hmm. I do feel is a bit unfair mm-hmm. as a as a child of of, a, of two black people. I feel like it's unfair because uh, when y'all were my age, y'all had to have a lot of these things going because, well, unfortunately, you had me. Mm-hmm. Well, fortunately, because I'm here, baby, talk yeah. to me. But, you know, unfortunately, the, the situations, the sacrifices, the decisions you made at that time were different than the decisions I can make now because yeah. I have a different level of freedom because I, you know, point blank period, I don't have a child right now. But with friends, you think it hits harder? With friends, I think it hits harder because I feel like, you know, you... Man, when you get into an argument and you feel like, damn, I, or not an argument, but when you have a consecutive number of things that have occurred and you think to yourself, like, I think I might have to break this friendship off. Like, I I feel like I'm going to have to break up with this person, essentially. Mm -hmm. It hurts almost more than, um, you know, not talking to a family member because you think about all the memories you you created with that person. You think about the, really, the establishment of the friendship or, like, brotherhood or sisterhood that comes with having a, a very close friend you know mm. having having that person as a part of your life you go through things together you come and convene with one another to help each other out on the things you're going through separately and ultimately that person is you know hopefully if they really are your best best friend or if they really are a good friend to you they're also someone who's a part of your cheer squad right they're a part of the people who praise you for the things or support you in the things that you're trying to do and it sucks if you lose that support it sucks when you lose that person because they just couldn't change it's, dif- it's difficult i think because that person is there for you so much as you're as you're growing mm-hmm. so they feel like such a big part of your life said like they've had like a real big impact mm-hmm. but one thing that i've i've learned from this year is that you see you see really quickly um you see really quickly like when you reflect on the experiences that you had with that person, you start to see where hints of whatever broke you guys apart, where they existed throughout your relationship already, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's where it really starts to hurt because you're like, damn, I've been coping or just allowing this person to coast in this manner in my life, thinking that we're both on the same page and in reality, we're not, Mm -hmm. right? Or thinking that we both have each other's back to this extent and in the reality, I care more for that person than they care for me or, or vice versa. You, I agree, um, and I like, and I, I'm gonna take this. I think every aspect of your life flows into another, right? Right, absolutely. So, you know, I've always been a bigger girl, right? Mm-hmm. And I had a friend in high school from like eighth grade until like sophomore year of college, where it always felt like I had to audition to keep friends. Mm-hmm. All of my friends, I always felt like I had to be the funniest one because mm-hmm. I wasn't the pretty or. Well, I wasn't conventionally pretty at that time. You know, I'm a bad bitch now. We we know different things. We know when you grow older, you know different things. But I always felt like I had to audition for friendship and audition Mm. to be a part of people's life and do extra to show my value, right? And I think that commonly became a part of my friendship, right? Until I worked out the problems with my mother, Mm-hmm. Until I started actually having an active conversation with myself about what, who I am because of whatever issues I have with my family. Mm-hmm. I started to realize, that, okay, these are my trauma responses. I overcompensate to be a part of people's life. And then I realized I had to take some of the blame off of the poor friends mm-hmm. for what I allowed to happen. Right, exactly. Yeah. Right. Like, so I, I, I now is like, somebody getting on my nerves, 
I'm gonna fall back. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. I'm gonna fall back. I'm not gonna press the issue. I don't have conversations I don't wanna have. I'm not about to hype up people I don't wanna hype up. Right. Um, if you have an issue with me and I'm not engaged in that, I'm not about to do it. Like mm. you know what I'm saying? And but the friends I do have, I work very hard to be like, Okay, like you got an issue with me, we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna we're gonna have a conversation about it. Um and we're going to fix it, right? Because it's one thing to bring something to somebody's table, and it's another thing to make them eat it. Right. And it's another thing to make them digest it and work through it. Um, but but I feel like the, the problem is with friends, right, in, in that regard, when you're trying to work through things, is that person also has their own set of trauma that they've gone through, and they have their own triggers, their own things that, you know, hopefully, if you guys are good friends, you understand, right? But I feel like that can be a hindrance on their on their growth to a certain extent, just like it can be a hindrance on yours, right? Like, specifically, if I bring, let's say we were just friends, we're not dating, mm. right? If I bring something to the table, every time I see you, you uh, punch me in my shoulder, and I really don't like that, mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So could you just, like, dap me up or maybe give me a hug or just, you know, say what's up without having physical touch? Maybe I'm somebody who doesn't like physical touch, and I have my reasons for that. But you grew up in a family where physical touch was the way that mm. you guys interacted. Like that's how we that's how we say hi, that's how we say hello, goodbye, mm. yada yada yada. That's how that's kind of a part of my love language. But for me, as your friend, I'm asking you, like, yo, can we just kinda chill? Like, I know we're friends, I love you, but I'm just asking you to you know, kinda back off a little bit. But how would that be? Are you asking me how would that affect that friendship? Yeah, how would that affect that friendship? Like trying to establish that boundary where you're thinking to yourself, like, this is ridiculous. Like, we're friends. I love you. I should be able to give you a hug or tap you on the shoulder or whatever without you feeling uncomfortable. But having the, the lapse in judgment to be like, actually, maybe I should just heed what they're saying because there's a reason why they're telling me, like, hey, this makes me uncomfortable. I, can you stop doing this? I, I, I think for me, um, I apply this to my life. Not everybody the same. Not everybody right. the same. One plus one equals two. Um, one plus one equals two, or three plus three equals six, mm. and two plus four equals six, right? right so exactly. there are different schools of thought, different ways you can love somebody. Mm. And you just, each relationship is an opportunity for you to find a unique way to love that person. Exactly. So if I'm like, oh, I love to cook for all my friends, but I have friends that won't eat my cooking, that don't mean that's not my friend and I can't find a new way to love, love them. them. Right, exactly. And I think what a lot of people think is what the way I want it to be done is how it will get done. And mm. that don't work around here, baby. Mm. Not with me, because if I don't want you to touch me, you're not going to touch me. Right, exactly. And I'm going to let you know that the only way this friendship will continue is if you give me a set of rules, I mm. will abide by them. Right. So when I give you a set of rules, I expect you to do the same thing. Mm. And if you can't do that, people in your life for a reason, a season, and, and a lifetime. Time. Exactly. That's a fact. That's a, And that's a big fact. You know what I feel like? That's... but. The thing that makes me so sad about the friendship portion of it was the same thing that would make me so sad about the relationship portion of just dealing with other people, right? It's like, damn, I don't want to cut you off, but if you can't respect my wishes, you know, if you can't even, if you can't show me that small amount of respect, then what are the other things that you won't respect me on? What What are other ways that you can't, you won't try to protect my integrity or protect my my you know, uh, my heart, my my heart, my well being in, in mm. any way, shape, or form. What other situations could we end up in together as friends? And I would feel like, damn, I I don't have nobody to be there with me in this in this instance. You know, 
Uh, I think it's hard. It's hard because we still in the process of all this, right? Right. So like one day I'll wake up and feel like I ain't got no friends. And the next mm-hmm. day I wake up and I feel very loved. But I, I think it's very hard. And I think what it really is is that people are scared to be honest with the people they love. Mm. I'm scared that you'll know me and not love me. I'm scared that you'll know me and not want to be a part of the process of nurturing and being Mm. there for me. Um, Like, you could call your friend about your business and something happened. You ain't going to tell them the whole story, no matter what. No matter what, you ain't never going to tell them the ins and outs, the ups and downs. Maybe they don't have space for it, or maybe you too scared that if they know the rawness of you, that they won't be around. Mm. And I have reached a point in my life where I'm starting to seek friends that are okay with every raw action I have. Mm. Not okay, but are okay with hearing it and absorbing Mm. it and letting me know, okay, that's bad, that's good. I don't know about that, Jakira, or Mm. that made me uncomfortable and me being able to bring to the table and be like, okay, well, you are able to have a conversation with who I am. Mm. And now... I have enough trust and confidence in you to put in action what is necessary for our friendship. But I think a lot of people sit around and they have half-assed friendships. They have half-assed relationships with the people in their family. They can't tell their mom the truth. They can't tell their dad the truth. They can't tell their brothers and sisters the truth. They can't even tell their best friends the truth. Mm -hmm. Because what I realize is people drown in other people's expectations. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think that's you know what's what's really messed up about expectations and relationships in general is when people don't make their expectations known. Mm. Right? Like if I if I come to you and I tell you I don't like being touched, then you know, okay, that you expect when we hang out that there's not gonna be any physical touch between mm. us, right? But if I never say, like, yo, I really don't like and I just laugh it off every time, then you never would expect it. And then eventually it leads to somewhere where I boil up. Yeah, it boils up like, yo, I I don't understand why this person keeps on touching me. What the fuck? But I never said it. But you know what it is? When that happens, I feel like that's not really your friend. Right. Because it's people who do shit like, I don't like people playing music and talking at the same time. Yo. And the people that in my life that do it, it's not that they're not my real friend. They're not my, they not family, right? Like, they're not friends to the point they done became family. Mm. Instead of me saying it to them, I just be like, I'm not hanging out with these. <laughs> like, mm. I'm just not come putting myself in a situation where I got to be around shit like this. Right. Um, but God. I think my real friends, mm. my real friends, I'll be like, stop, <laughs> stop playing that mm. music. You're going to have to turn that shit the fuck down. Yeah. What is all this extra noise? But you know what's so funny is, is I like that, right? Like, I love that part of having friendships when you can just be straight raw with your friend. Yeah. Like, my nigga, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing right now? We are trying to have a conversation, and you are blasting Waka Flocka in my ear. I can't. I can't even think. Yeah. I literally can't think straight. Even even if like my friend Damn. talking too much, or I'm like, girl, you getting on my nerves. Like, not realizing that that's a part of being a part of somebody's life. They're gonna get on, you get on my nerves twenty four seven. I get on your nerves twenty four seven. But that don't mean that we ain't make a commitment to love each other, right? right? Like, ain't everything gonna be on the clouds and in the sun and in the sky? Mm-hmm. And if you expect nobody to fall short in your life, then who do you think you are? Right. Exactly. I'm going to just go ahead and press that. I'm sorry. I'm having a hard time talking because Buddha is farting and it smells crazy. <laughs> it smells like so he's much fucking, shit. It's yo, like, you know, it's in my arms. He's like, not I in it. my arms, so <laughs> I, I don't it. get the smell, but I can see it on James' face. God, there is pain. Damn, I feel like I'm getting punched by Mike Tyson every okay. time fart. But no, but, but you know, I think even forgiveness in relationships, we've had our fair share yeah. of times where 
we've you know been not I don't want to say at each other's throats because that sounds really like domestic violence, mm. but there we've had times where we've been at odds, you know, yeah. where we don't agree. And just to be transparent with all you people out there, yes, that is a real relationship. Yeah. Yes, we love each other to death. Yes, we live with one another and we have plans for the future and everything. But a real relationship does not operate without disagreements, without some arguments and without some level of, you know what, I am not gonna talk to you today. <laughs> <laughs> without yeah. some, you know, bring me my goddamn tea. Leave me alone. Well, I, well, I think I no, we're not. I, we don't know about that. That's a little, well, aggressive. That's a little aggressive. Um, but I think that you have to operate like a team, right? Yeah. In every relationship you have, you have to operate like a team, and that means when I personally believe if you're the kind of friend that likes to embarrass your friends in front of people, you deserve to get fucked up. Mm. I, I very much believe that. Like, I'm my friend's champion. You don't you don't embarrass me in front of people to make yourself feel bigger. Mm. We're not a team. You're not my friend. You're not, mm. a, you're not really on my team. You know what I'm saying? Not even embarrass me. But I think there's a lot of make people. Make me uncomfortable. I, yo, there's a lot of people who will stand on top of the people they love to feel taller. Yeah, which is... And that is too much for me. Baby. That's too too much for me. When we share, uh, it's nothing to pull your friend aside and be like, ah, this is what's going on, blah, 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 blah. Right? Ain't nothing to do that. I think a lot of people also have conversations about people and they're not willing to have those conversations with the people. So then that is a breakdown. That, that, that uh, creates discord mm. within the relationship. But if I'm talking shit about you to somebody, I've definitely said the same shit to you. Right. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And, and let's not be like, oh, well, you shouldn't be talking shit in the first place. We all do it. Everybody we all do shit. it. We all everybody love the cheese. Everybody talks shit about everybody. We all love like, the cheese man. We like, all love on, the cheese man. We all love the gossip. We all love it. So, like, let's not act like, you know what I'm saying, stuff in conversation don't get broken down and being like, yo, she already talked too much. Like, like I can't, da da da. Or even. Or even being like, I just feel like this person has an un- unhealthy relationship with this thing, mm-hmm. right? What the difference is, is that people will come to you and say, hey, I heard you was talking shit about me, what'd you say? And you'd be like, I ain't say shit about you, or I, I said this, that, and that, and what, right? Instead of being like, I'm sorry that hurt your feelings, like, you, you're right, like, that wasn't me being a good friend right, to you. Exactly. Right? I think, I think also there's something else to be pointed out, right? When you pull your friends to the side and you tell them, hey, I don't like X, Y, Z, or you need to do this differently. How you respond. How they respond. If your friend looks at you like, damn, you've changed, it's time to change friends. Yo. It is time Yo. to change friends. And I am I am a, a knight in shining armor for that message because I wish I had seen the signs. The signs. Earlier. Speaking of that, that's what something I wanted to ask you about. Where do you think friendships immorality like how how far can you take a friendship if their moral values, if they, what they stand for, do not align with you? Because I'm the kind of person like if you don't align with me, what are we talking about? What kind of right. converse? And it's not even that your school of thought. Like you could think that fucking construction is the best thing in the world. If I don't fuck with construction, I'm not gonna not fuck with you. But I'm talking about in terms of racism, homophobia, transphobia, mm. um, ableism, sexism, elite, sexism elitism. If those things don't line up for me, I can't have a conversation with you. I can't. Yeah. No, it's and you know what? It's not even so much that we can't even have a conversation for me personally. It's it's I don't know how far our conversations could really go. Mm-hmm. I don't under I don't know what the depth of our relationship will be if everything we talk about is shallow, if everything we talk about 
is kind of meaningless. And if I find out that you're somebody who subscribes to all those isms and is a perpetrator of all those isms, that like that is where the relationship will become strained for me. What if you find out somebody a closet racist or like a closet homophobe? Or oh something man, like I, found, I've, I found that out within you know within my friend groups in the past and been like, yo, like that shit is not cool. Mm. You know what I mean, like. And, and also, not only is it not cool, but yo, if you can't grow, there's no way that we can be side by side, right? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm not the, I'm not, you know, I'm not really a big cancel culture kind of person. I don't be calling people I out. Am. I'm not airing <laughs> you out on, on live. I'm not putting your name and stuff. Well, and stuff. yeah. But what I'm saying is like, I'm just not, I'm not going to fuck with you. Like, and, yeah. and every, any time that you try to fuck with like, yo, come on. Or you trying to, I, did you grow? Did you change? No. Nope. Right, so then I'm good. Like, I don't, yeah. I have no time for people who are trying to hold me back. I don't want to be the same me from 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. I want to be the new me, the, yeah. better, the version of me that's a better person, a better part of society like that's what's important to me not mm. holding on to old jokes or holding on to old old um, high school shit yeah high school shit or standings or statuses between one another fuck that throw that shit in the garbage you're an adult yeah (laughs) and that's and i think that's where it's difference between me and you right because you're like i'm waiting for this person to change i'm Mm -hmm. like oh i'm a jump ship i'm i'm the kind of friend well, I've transitioned to that now. Now yeah. I'm jumping ship. Now I'm jumping ship. You know like, I, I feel like there's so much information at our fingertips that willful ignorance gets confused a lot of times for people not knowing. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm the kind of person where I'm aggressive. Like, the mm-hmm. way I come at, not even come at people, but the way I interact with people, mm-hmm. who I am, who I stand for, every fiber of my being says, she doesn't like racists. She mm-hmm. doesn't like homophobes. So why would you want to stand next to me and exactly. expect me not and to I think, say something? I think that's a bigger thing, right? Like, if you are that type of way as a person, right? Like, you are, like, a sexist. You're about homophobia. You, care, you don't care. You like being racist and throwing racist jokes around. Then why would you want to be my friend? Because I'm the complete opposite of yeah. what you are. Right. And generally speaking, you make friends with people who enhance your life in a way. Right. Power and control. Exactly. Power and control. Like, I don't want to be friends with you if all you're trying to do is tear me down behind my back. But that's what I'm saying. I think that for me, I don't attract those kind of people. Mm -hmm. Right. And not saying that you attracted those kind of people. but I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times men have a silent code of morality. Yeah. Right. Men have a silent code of morality. They be like, I mean, I'm you get into when they get into a conversation, it's like, well, I'm not homophobic, you know, I I'm not sexist, but your morality, your code is silent. That's why you got rapists in your team. That's why you're surrounded by men that are homophobic because they don't know who you are. Exactly. But the 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 saddest part I feel about having the people around you, right, is like. If you see what the stances I'm taking, right? You're and you're my friend. If you're really my friend, you follow me on socials. Mm-hmm. You you watch my stories. You know you know what I be talking about. You listen to my podcast, hopefully, mm-hmm. and you understand what type of what type of soapbox I stand on, right? Or where where my allegiance uh, is aligned. And I think that the problem with certain friends is they're aligned with you in your face, mm-hmm. but then when they go home, they do what they want. Mm-hmm. They stay how they want, and and, 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 that's and okay. honestly, that's how it should be. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, no, is, not necessarily. No, I mean, I'm saying I'm you should do what you, you want. Period. Right. But you what I'm saying what is, want, like, what I'm saying is, like, if you, if, if you we're are talking this about way, something that's an ism that hurts other people, right? Be and, that way. And you front. know people who, and you have people in your life who are who associate with trying to tear down those isms, trying to tear down those those that systematic oppression, right? 
if you're associated with those people, but you still perpetuate the things that are harming them, you're you're a fucking you're a terrorist. Like yeah. you you really need to be you need to take a moment and step back from all of these people and think to yourself, maybe I'm not hanging with the right people because I don't actually agree with them. Mm. I don't actually want to change. I don't I don't care to be a better or more productive part of their lives and society, hopefully, if that's what they are. And I just want to keep being immature. I want to keep staying in my same stance and find what I find funny, what I found funny at 14, funny at 28, you know? And I think that that's where you really got to watch those people because a lot of those people are sleepers. But I I really don't think it's intentional. Um, I think it's, once again, generational trauma, what Mm. we've been taught to do. We've been taught to be quiet. We've been taught to be silent and not Mm. tell people who we are. Um, so it's radical when you ha- you in a room full of even your niggas from the hood mm-hmm. and you like, yeah, uh, I remember I, I, I almost stopped talking to one of my friends because she was like, we don't know what happened with Rihanna and Chris Brown. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why would she ever think that's some shit to say to me? Right. Exactly. And then I realized because I ain't never vocalized how I feel about these things. Right. right she right, don't right. know me enough to mm-hmm. know that I don't fuck with that. Right. Um, but it's also a level of like. And this is for the readers. This is a question I ask myself when I'm in a room with people and they're making me feel uncomfortable. Why? Why why do I feel uncomfortable? Why do I feel like I have to be silent around around these people? Right. You know, like especially if they're supposed to be my friends. Especially if they're supposed to be my friends. And then what I immediately tell myself is because I feel like I can't be myself around them. Right. And that means I don't need to be around them. Exactly. Um, so I want to ask your listeners, like, how many times have you sat in a room with a group of people? And this is specifically a question towards men, because I feel like a lot of times, especially black women, we're vocal and we get the brunt end, and treat, brunt end of the sick and get treated like crap because of it. But I feel like specifically a question towards men and people in general is how many times have you sat in a room with somebody and they just saying shit and you're like, yo, this really, vis-, like I have a visceral body response mm. to how annoying and ignorant this person is being. But I don't, I feel like quiet. I'm hushed. Mm. Right? I how think, many times has that happened to you? Man, and I, as a man, I can answer that question. A lot, a lot, mo- a majority of my life up until really recently where I've been like, nah, like I'm not standing for the shit. Yeah. If you say it, I'm gonna I'm gonna address it, and if you can't move forward and be better, I'm then gonna move, I'm I'm gonna move forward and be without. Get myself out there a question. Uh, and I think that I think that what it really stems from is this feeling of needing to have togetherness mm-hmm. or cohesion, right? Or feeling like I don't want to be, because what happens, right, is like, I and I I hate this example. I don't really want to use this example that thing, but it's kind of like what police officers say when they don't speak up. Yeah. Right. Like, yo, I would have lost my job. I wouldn't have gotten this. Guys feel the same way within their friend group. I'm going to be exiled. Mm. If I speak up against this, I'm going to be exiled. And then I, you know what it is? I think people are scared of the target being on them. Exactly. Oh, you think, right? Like what, what happened to me? I'm going to shed a little light on what happened to me in, during this year. I was on a crusade against the F word. And I'm not talking about fuck. Um, and I, I was on a crusade against it with a lot of my different family members, friends, and my reasoning behind it is, yo, it's time to let go. It's yeah. time to drop it. It's time to, to stop oppressing people with these words, to stop bringing people down because they aren't doing anything wrong. They're not doing anything against you. It's not hurting you for them to live the life the way that they live it, mm-hmm. right? And I, I was just using it that basic way of explaining it to these people. Like, yo, you can just let this go because there's no need for you. There's yeah. no reason for you to use it, right? There's nothing positive coming from you using that word. 
And I was asked mo- on multiple occasions by multiple different people, well, are you that way? Are you are you gay? And mm. I'm like, no. Mm. Like, why do I have to be that to, to fight defend, for something? You know, to, to fight and to fight against oppression. Right? It's the same way that... Because I, men are the weakest link. I'm sorry. I hate, no, I, fine, I hate to come totally on your fine. podcast and say that. But really, if you really look at the way men structurally feel, mm-hmm. a man can stand next to you and, and, and he doesn't empower you. Mm. Women, when we stand together, we empower each other. Most times. Most times. Mm. Hopefully, right? yeah. hopefully. Hopefully. More times than not. You, like Men are the weakest link. I've sat in a room with black men. Me, if I'm the only black girl, or it's two black girls and three black boys, and we in a room full of racist white people, right? Mm. Or just white people who don't know no better. And something comes up in conversation, and I'm like, well, that's actually racist, and a white person's coming at me, right? Mm. More times than not, men shift their morals to whoever's in power. Right, exactly. Right? So if a whole bunch of hood niggas is being homophobic and you're the one nigga that's not homophobic, you're going to shift your morals to whoever's in power because you have been trained Mm -hmm. to seek power before morality. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, even this summer, we realized that a lot of men's vision for uh, black people to exceed is to have the same thing as white men. Yeah, like uh, being uh, having this status, having this money, right. owning companies, right? And, you know, and stuff. Which, which, hey, it's there not. Might it's nothing bad. But that might there work, might be a but... version of it that works. But a lot of what I've noticed in relationships are just people usually assert themselves to the morality of whoever's in power in the conversation, whoever's in power in the situation, right? Even when you feel like you've done something right. For example, you get in an argument with your mom. Your mom is upset with you. And weeks go by and you're like, you know what, I'm going to just text her and see what, you know, I just, I feel bad. Right? Mm -hmm. You don't really feel bad. What you feel is an assertion to get closer to kneeling at the power factor in right. the conversation. You see where your power, where you rank in terms, where you rank of in terms of power, like right? Yeah. I think there is a level of feeling bad. I'm not gonna rewrite the story with that, but mm. I think really what it is is you're so scared to make a boundary with somebody that has power over you. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, I think I think that's like super important, right? Like boundaries in general. general. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the episode that we have for y'all, man. Uh, once again, shout out to Jakira for coming through and um, just dropping a ton of knowledge and having a, an awesome conversation with me and with us in general. You know, just just enjoying her presence a lot on the podcast. She always comes with some some great insight. And um, yeah, man, remember it, it's difficult out there. It's it's uh, it's rough seas out there navigating relationships and boundaries and family and friendships, forgiveness. It's it's a a lot it's a lot of work but it's worth it you know the light at the end of the tunnel shines bright and um yeah shout out to you guys for for listening to the podcast thank you so much for checking it out once again hopefully you are all subscribed hopefully you all hit the like um you share whenever you see any posts comment holla at your boy if you guys uh want me to talk about anything specific you know the email is ttv radio podcast at gmail.com and uh, don't forget to go and go over to Jakira's page and follow her as well. Follow her bookstagram. Look out for her bookstagram podcast that should be coming out soon, hopefully this month. Um, and her Instagram is printed underscore not pressed. 
That's printed underscore not press. And she's doing great things, man. Uh, Tons of dope book reviews. She's got great suggestions. She's always doing some giveaways. She also just made it to 500. Let's keep on pushing, try to get her to 600. And um, yeah, man. So shout out to you guys once again for listening to the podcast and uh, check out Check out everything that we put out so far, and I hope you guys look forward to two weeks from now when part two of this episode comes out, and we're talking primarily about boundaries and how to set them, how to navigate that, because that also is like uh, getting stuck in the mud with a really heavy car. So anyway, love y'all, man. Peace. I'll holla at y'all another time.